Welcome to the studio with Christoph Malachuk. Before we dive into episode two, I need to make a correction about something that I misstated in episode one. I learned about this error today when I was talking to my mother on the phone. My mother made an allusion to the podcast, which surprised me because I certainly hadn't told her about it. Now, I have no issue with her listening. That's fine. But I was surprised that she knew about it because she doesn't have a, a presence on social media. I asked her how she found out about my podcast. She said it was an indirect way. She had been talking to my aunt, probably on New Year's Day, and my aunt had mentioned that she had seen some photos of me, and then my mom, probably slightly envious, curious, said, well, how is it that Christoph is sending you photos but not sending photos to me? My aunt said, no, 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 no. We see them on Instagram because my aunt and uncle follow me on Instagram. So my mom thought, hmm, I'm going to check out Kristoff's Instagram. She goes to Instagram, finds my profile, looks at my latest post, and sees it was advertising my first podcast episode. She goes, she, she said she skimmed through it. I found this very insulting. My own mother just skimmed through the podcast. She didn't even listen to the whole thing. Anyway, that's fine. I asked her what she thought. She said that... There was one part she didn't like, and here I am thinking, hmm, must be about maybe QAnon, maybe my very negative Amazon review. No, she said, it was the part about Monica Lewinsky. I thought, what, what was wrong about my, what I said about Monica Lewinsky? My mom said, she's not Polish. Uh, I had said Monica Lewinsky is probably the most influential Polish American to ever live. Well, this is clearly not true because she's not Polish. So I looked at Monica Lewinsky's heritage. Let me tell it to you now. Her father is the son of German Jews. And on her mother's side, she's half Lithuanian Jew and half Russian Jew. So Jews of various European nations, nothing Polish. And it would certainly be false to say that Monica Lewinsky is the most influential Jewish American to have ever lived because there are a lot of very powerful Jewish Americans. Anyway, my comment about her being the most influential Polish American, aside from being what I thought to be comedic, is also wrong. And it was irresponsible of me to not have done my research. I made an assumption based on her last name, which ends in ski. Ski is a very common ending to a Polish name, apparently not the case for Monica Lewinsky. Anyway, I just wanted to, to issue that correction. And without further ado, here is episode two. Welcome to the studio with Christoph Malachuk. This is episode two. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to episode one. We have listeners from all around the world, Canada, the United States, Germany, Poland, Switzerland, Australia. Those are three continents, and we're only going to grow from here. The viewership so far was Spotify only. We're about to be put onto Apple Podcasts, and 
off to the races. Watch out, Joe Rogan. I got some feedback on the first episode. Thank you. I was hoping for some feedback. Possibly the biggest compliment I received is that my voice sounds nice. Thank you. Thank you if you think that. (laughs) It's a funny compliment because I can't do anything about it. I can't really change it. So I'm glad that it's good. I used to think that my most attractive attribute was my legs. I realize now that it might be my voice. I'm not mad either way. Today, I want to talk about saunas and why I left San Francisco. Let's start with saunas. I am, I'm big into saunas. I've been going to saunas for years. And one of the tipping points for me was stumbling across an article published in April 2015 in the Journal of the American Medical Association. The article is titled, Association Between Sauna Bathing and Fatal Cardiovascular and All-Cause Mortality Events. The study took place in Finland, looking at 2,315 Finnish men and tracked them across a span of 20 years, a median time tracking them of 20.7 years. That's, that's a long time. And many participants, which just adds weight to the validity of this study. They looked at how often these men went in the sauna and how often these men died. The control group were people who use the sauna once per week, which I find really funny because I guess in Finland they couldn't find people who didn't use the sauna at all. The next group were people who went to the sauna two to three times a week, and then the final group, people who went four to seven times a week. The average duration of going in the sauna was 14 minutes, but what is pretty astounding are are the results. So comparing the people who went in the sauna four to seven times per week versus those who went in the sauna once per week, you see a 63% reduction in sudden cardiac death a 48% reduction in fatal coronary heart disease, a 50% reduction in fatal cardiovascular disease, and a 40% reduction in all-cause mortality. All-cause mortality means dying for any reason, right? Heart attack, car crash, murder. People who use the sauna four to seven times per week saw a 40% reduction in all-cause mortality compared to people who went in the sauna once per week. Astounding. Not only that, but uh, the uh, P index, P score, I should probably know what that's called, is uh, smaller than 0.001. I know how to interpret that. That means that these results are statistically significant. The paper doesn't really go into mechanisms, but it's pretty well known that there are a lot of positive benefits for the circulatory system which is also why the main areas of focus for causes of death have to do with uh, heart failure. That's all circulatory system-based. 
I know going in the sauna also results in the generation of heat shock proteins, which I believe are, are good for athletic recovery and longevity. So I wanted to go into the sauna because I haven't gone to the sauna in a while. Gyms are closed. I don't have a gym membership. I see in Boulder, there's a place that has infrared saunas. They're these little individual pods. You pay for half an hour. You go, you get in, you just sit there. When you're done, you leave. I did this last week. So I booked this, this 30 minute session. I go there. I've never actually, I have used an infrared sauna before. It was at my uncle's place and I didn't like it. It wasn't hot enough. I wasn't, I wasn't pushed to extremes, but I figured this place is, well, a professional establishment. It should be good. So I show up, they bring me to the room. It's just a, it's like a CT scanner where you put your whole body inside, except for your head and you just lay there. So the guy just told me how to do it. He leaves. I, uh, I get out of my clothes. I get undressed. I kept a bathing suit on. I think that is a courteous thing to do. N not in real saunas. In real saunas, I, I, I would prefer to be naked. Um, but, but in this establishment, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in this establishment, I, I, I chose to keep my, uh, my bathing suit on. And before he leaves the room, this was when I was still in my clothes, uh, he, he says, well, yeah, right now it's set to a seven, which means 140 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm like, oh, can it go higher? It's like, yeah, well, it can go up to a nine, which is 150 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm like, well, how, how are these numbers scaled? He's like, oh, well, every increment of one on a scale of like one to nine is an increase of five degrees Fahrenheit. I'm like, well, it's weird that you have a numerical representation of other numbers. You could just have the actual temperature, but that's neither here nor there. So I said, yeah, I probably want it hotter than a seven. <laughs> I want hotter than 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Let me let me run a quick conversion here because I don't deal in Fahrenheit. 140 Fahrenheit is 60 Celsius. Not that hot. Typically, infrared saunas are colder than um, like wood saunas. Uh, so wood sauna, you can definitely go way hotter than this. But th this is getting near the upper limit of operation of infrared saunas. I was like, what about an eight? Could we put it to an eight? He's like, well, that's 145 degrees Fahrenheit. I said, I know. <laughs> He's like, well, typically people who do that, um, they do, uh, they do yoga. Like they're, they're pretty extreme. I'm like, yeah, I, I do, I do yoga. <laughs> Jack it up. Let's do, let's do eight. So I get in there and back, back in when gyms used to be open, I would go to the the gym at my workplace and I would sit in the sauna, a really nice wooden sauna, and I would stay in there for half an hour. And the last like seven minutes would not be fun. Just, uh, it's hard to describe, maybe some feeling like my limbs all want to move, it's uncomfortable, just very uncomfortable, almost suffocating when you're in there for that long, that high heat. So I'm thinking, well, it's an eight. It's for like more advanced people, allegedly, in terms of heat therapy. So I'm just going to look at the clock. There's a 30-minute timer set. I'm going to look when I start feeling that I might want to get out soon. So I'm feeling pretty good. Just I'm not even I'm not meditating. I'm just kind of thinking. 
Actually, I think I was thinking about the first podcast episode, which had just come out. <laughs> and I'd listened to my own episode driving from my house to the sauna establishment. <laughs> I'm probably going to listen to this one in the car as well. Anyway, um, I, I look at the clock when I start to feel a bit uncomfortable, maybe also a bit of boredom. I don't like to admit to being bored. I feel like I could just use my mind better and avoid boredom. Anyway, I looked at the clock and there, it was 28 minutes had gone by. Only two minutes were left. This, this level eight, this 145 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 62.78 degrees Celsius, uh, child's play. So I did enjoy the experience. Next time, I'm going to ramp it up to a nine. I, I, I purchased, uh, I think, three more sauna sessions within the next month. So I, I will go back and, and jack up the heat. Last year, around Christmas time, this is 2019, December, I had a couple very interesting sauna experiences, back-to-back days. The first, I was in Quebec, and I was hanging out with my buddies from high school, Guillaume and Olivier. They're twins, and yeah, I have been in their class ever since grade six, And we're at their place in, in, in Quebec. Uh, I, I see their parents for the first time in years. I hadn't seen them since finishing high school, so I was talking to them in French, of course. Uh, then I was, all right, let's, let's go to the sauna. I knew it was part of the plan. I know they have a sauna. Like all when I was going to high school with them, they would talk about their sauna. I had never been in it. So we go outside. It's winter. It's cold, probably minus 15 degrees Celsius, something like that. We go and we take some wood on a sled, and then we walk into the forest. And in the forest, they, they have this, this sauna that's built. It suddenly opens up into my field of view as we go down a little hill. It looks idyllic. It's nighttime. It's probably about 8 p.m. It's dark, but there's a nice moon. There are stars, very beautiful, truly isolated. It's, it's this huge lot of property that they have and we are so far from the road so it it's about as a sauna in the middle of nature it, it's, it's as close to that as you can get or, or it approximates that experience i mean we could have gone i don't know they could have built it 20 more kilometers into the forest whatever it feels the same so this sauna is next to a a running river not a river, small stream, a running stream that is uh, frozen over because it's winter. But there was a, a hole um, right in, in the ice, a hole made in the ice that was next to this like wooden sauna shack that they have. So they go in, they start making the fire, and they say, okay, so what we're going to do first is we're going to jump in the water, then we're going to go into the sauna. I'm like, well, I would kind of prefer to do it in the other order. I would rather be, <laughs> get very warm and then jump in this hole in this stream um to, to to cool off like no 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 we we do it this way i'm like okay that's that's totally fine we jump in the water okay we we what i liked about this sauna experience is we were completely naked <laughs> that's actually not what i like the most about it um, i'm just making that remark to contrast against my industrial sauna experience in, in boulder that i had recently the water's very cold. We stay in. We all go in one by one. 
just get in, dunk our heads, then go inside, warm up. We do this a couple times. It, it's a really cool experience. It's extreme heat, extreme cold. They say, okay, well, now, now we're going to go in the, the water for the last time, Christoph. And you should try to stay there as long as possible. <laughs> so I think, okay, let's do this. So I get in the water, and I'm laying there, facing up towards the stars. I'm, I'm submerged. The only thing not submerged is my face. I decide I'll, I'll take 10 breaths very slow and then I'll get out it was such a crazy experience I feel well it felt like my organs were shutting down I'm not sure what it was but I definitely felt like the outline of my lungs and kidneys like I've never felt before maybe not those parts in particular I can't really tell exactly what I was feeling but it was amazing it was like everything was leaving my extremities like I saw the blood and just concentrating in the center of my body it was it was amazing. So then probably around my seventh breath, I hear them yell, like, oh, Christophe, Christophe. <laughs> and uh, I lost concentration. They were a bit concerned because I'd been there for some time. So then I got out and we, we all started howling at the moon and steam is just coming off of our bodies. It's, it's incredible. And we go in the sauna for the last time and uh, this was an incredible, almost a a spiritual experience how profound and powerful this heat changes heat therapy is on the body especially in that setting it was phenomenal the next day i go to toronto and i'm hanging out with my buddy henry kotov and he says christoph do you want to go to a russian sauna I'm like, yes, I do want to go to a, a Russian sauna, Henry. So from where I've been in Quebec, that's close to where um, my parents lived and where I was like visiting them for Christmas at that time. Then I went to Toronto on a train. It was a like five-hour ride, roughly. So I've now, on my way back to uh, where I was living at that time, uh, San Francisco, I was going from uh, my home in Petawawa then to Toronto, and then to fly to SF, pardon me. So I was chilling out with Henry uh, before going, before catching my flight. So he's like, do you want to go to sauna? I'm like, this is amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes, I want to go to a sauna. And I just knew that I had been in such an extreme condition of a sauna that I, I could just do anything in this Russian sauna. Like it was all mental, everything. When you start feeling comfortable in the cold, when you start feeling comfortable in the heat, that's just your mind. You can you can push through that so much. And and I had learned that from the day before and experienced such extremes. So, so I was I was looking forward to this. Before I go on, I wanna paint I wanna paint a bit of a picture as to who as to whom. As to who? I think whom because it's preceded by a preposition, regardless. I want to tell you about who, who, who Henry is. Sorry, I should think about that after, not as I'm recording. Henry Kotov, I met in first year university. His real name is Gennady Kotov. He came to Canada, I think shortly before we started high school, maybe grade eight, something like that. And he was born and raised in Russia slash Ukraine, that area of the world. I think he has 
half of his family is Ukrainian, the other half is Russian, but culturally close to identical, at least from my 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 Western Canadian uninformed perspective. But but he, he would he would also agree that that is pretty similar. His his name Gennady was too hard for one of his teachers to pronounce. So his teacher said, can I call you Henry instead? And then Henry said, yes. And then ever since, he's been called Henry because one of his, his teachers in, in Canada couldn't say his name properly. So Henry is really Russian. You might see videos on YouTube, like Russian does crazy thing. Henry is that in real life. And his friends, are, his, his friends from Toronto, they're also all Russian, and they're all exactly what you would think Russians are. Let me tell you a story. In first year university, Henry was in my class. We were both studying nanotechnology engineering, and I threw a small event, very small event, in my dorm room. I was living on campus at the time in residence in V1 S4 in particular. That was the building. And I invited three people over, Henry and two other people from my class, and we did something very irresponsible, which I would not condone right now at all. But we played a game of drinking Monopoly, and we made up the rules ourselves. But it more or less consisted of consuming a certain quantity of alcohol whenever you land on someone else's property, whenever you go to jail, you get the gist. It's effectively a ruse for drinking way too much alcohol. It is very, <laughs> it hurts me to think that I harmed my body so heavily when I was, I was 17 at the time. That's terrible. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so at the end of this game, I think the math had all worked out that the four of us who were playing, me, Henry, the two other people from my class, we'd all consumed what I believe was 15 shots of alcohol. And, and we had various types of liquor that we were drinking. And 15 is silly. Like that's, that's first year type stuff. Maybe a bit of second year. Definitely, I couldn't imagine doing that ever again in my life. I wouldn't want to. I would be ashamed of myself if I consumed that much alcohol ever again. Yeah, so, so we, we we're all at 15 shots. And we're about to go home. We're about to leave. And then Henry decides to take three more shots for fun, just in a row. He's just knocking back vodka like it's nothing. This is stupendous. I'm all set because it's in my room. I can just brush my teeth. So I always brush my teeth regardless of what state I'm in and go to bed. Super easy. Henry needs to walk to, what was it called? UWP, University of Waterloo Place, whatever. He probably had about a kilometer of walking to do to get home. Um, yeah, so he, he didn't set himself up for that very well. I'm going to take a quick tangent here to paint an even 
better picture of who Henry is before I conclude this Monopoly story. Henry told me the story about when he was in like probably third grade, fourth grade. Some girl in his class had snuck in vodka in a water bottle. This is in Russia. And all the kids are, are huddling at the back of the class around this water bottle, <laughs> taking sips of this vodka. That's insane. <laughs> Grade three? Ridiculous. Um, Henry also told me this story about he was, I think, a young teenager, and he was ice skating on a rink on a pond, frozen pond in the winter. And some guy fell over. They were all drinking, of course, probably like 12, 13 years old. And then another person ran over that guy's hand with his skates and chopped his finger off. And the guy who cut the finger off picked up the finger and threw it into the snow and just kept skating. Like, that's where Henry comes from. This isn't, this isn't stuff that you can even comprehend. So Henry knocks back, knocks back, shots 16, 17, and 18, and goes to walk home. He makes it to his building where he's staying, but mixes up his room for someone else's, (laughs) goes into someone else's dorm, (laughs) goes to the bathroom and passes out. (laughs) The the people who own the house (laughs) wake him up probably at like four in the morning or something. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? You need to leave. And he's like, oh, sorry. He broke into someone's house. (laughs) So I'm hanging with Henry in Toronto, and we're going to go to a sauna. We show up. I think all the other people who were going were already there. A group of Russians. Him... Some Russians, there was actually one Belarusian, one Ukrainian, but they all spoke Russian. They were nice enough to speak English because I was there, and I think one of them also brought another Canadian friend. I think he might have been from France, actually, but he was pretty much Canadian. Um, so, so there were two of us who spoke English and no Russian, so they were kind enough to speak Russian. But this is an establishment uh, with a bunch of other groups, and everyone there is Russian with the exception of me this other Canadian in our group, and then some group of maybe 30-year-old Canadians, four or five of them. But everyone else here is is straight-up Russian, speaking Russian, looking Russian. It's very cool to witness. So I walk in, go into the change room, start to get changed. And then the change room's like kind of full, maybe seven people. It's not a super big room. Someone bursts through the door and starts yelling at me in Russian. I am so (laughs) unaware of what is going on. Then someone else comes in and also starts yelling at me in Russian. And I, I don't even know what I said. I could probably hardly say anything. Probably just trying to explain to them that I didn't speak Russian yet. Then Henry comes in and is like, Christoph, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? You told me to come to the change room. And he's like, and he looks at his two, these two other Russians, and they all start talking in Russian. And he's like, oh, yeah, you need to pay $10 to come in here. That's that's the cost of, of coming to the Russian sauna. I was like, this was handled so poorly. 
Their reaction to me like not paying immediately upon entry was to storm into the change room where there were a bunch of other people and just start yelling at me in Russian. At the very least, it was very authentic, and I appreciated that. This sauna was insane. First of all, the when we were walking in the establishment, the sign above the door was in Cyrillic only. There was no uh, Latin lettering. So you, you would not be able to tell what the establishment is. Sorry, I'm just thinking right now, I don't even think I'll have time to talk about why I left San Francisco. <laughs> that might be another episode. This, this sauna saga is, is too intense, too, too long, which is fine. This is great. I love saunas. I, I'm pretty sure this place was not to code in terms of their temperature either. There are legal limits that state, provincial governments put on how hot saunas and hot tubs can be. This place was surely off the chain. <laughs> At one point, the Russian owner came into the sauna, which is a huge room, and they had these leaves, uh, and, and you would pick up the leaves. It was essentially like a branch that had a cluster of leaves on it, and you would get one of your friends or whoever you were there with to grab up this branch with leaves and just hit your back with it. Mm, but I think you would cover it in water first, and then the water dripping on your back would just create these searing sensations. Yeah, it was a neat place. Anyhow, I'm, I'm staying in there way longer than everyone else because I'm, I'm in this mental state of just understanding what my body can go through and controlling my body with my mind. So then all these Russians started like dragging me out of the sun. I'm like, no, I'm going to stay here. I can do it. They're like, Christoph, you'll die. I'm like, no, I'm fine. And they had this cold bath there too. It was, it was a great experience. After we go to a shisha bar where apparently Russian mobsters hang out, well, like Russian mobsters who live in Toronto, we didn't see any there that night. I also did not partake in the shisha. I feel like I need to mention that after I talked about my, my extremely detrimental alcohol consumption in first year university. I, I just, I feel I need to now make comments about times I don't consume substances. So yes, I did not partake in the shisha that I went and crashed at Henry's. And, and the, the, those are my, those are the two best sauna experiences of my life in Quebec with Olivier and Guillaume. And then the next day, a Russian sauna with Henry. I'm not even going to talk about San Francisco. It's too, it's too different. That's going to be next episode. Episode three, why I left San Francisco. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for that. I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off. Today, we, we don't have a sponsor, but uh, I did receive word from the candle sponsor of episode one that my ad read was much appreciated. I don't think it worked. I don't think anyone bought the product, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think what I said was 
good. It was comedy, at the least. Thanks so much for listening to episode two of The Studio with Christoph Malachuk. Catch you next time. Ciao.